0: parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a
1: great home home threads love where you live. Say goodbye Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village
0: podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. Kids love Halloween, and a lot of adults love Halloween, too. Actually, my husband is like Mr. Halloween. When he was growing up, he actually built haunted houses in his garage and charged the neighborhood kids a quarter to go through them he'd push them through in a shopping cart and would have these like strings and pulleys that he would pull on as he came by and would make things jump out or pop down in front of them. As an adult, he works for Universal Studios. And for years, his job was overseeing the mazes and other capacities of their Halloween Horror Nights attraction. Now that our youngest kids are five and actually their birthday is coming up in early November, he built, you guessed it, a haunted house In the garage for their birthday party. Now, kids love to dress up, but of course, I think what they love most about Halloween is getting all that candy. I know that was my favorite part. But this is just another area of anxiety for us parents who don't want to be a stick in the mud, but also understand that our kids are getting less recess and active time than we used to when we were kids, and that obesity has been on the rise among kids. We hear conflicting messages about controlling too much makes kids want things more or that kids aren't developed enough to have self-control and don't understand the short or long-term consequences of an unhealthy diet. Then we also hear all of these messages about how bad and dangerous sugar is to our health and how addicting it is. If you've watched any of my classes online, you know I like to share research that directly relates to the topic at hand and then share as many ways to approach a situation as possible that allows for healthy child development and strong relationships while giving parents different options that work for their family. So that's exactly what I'm going to do in this episode as well. Share some research about kids and food and cravings and control and then give options because every family is different and every child is different, and we all know that what works well with one doesn't necessarily work well with another. So I'm going to give you just lots of food for thought. No pun intended. Okay, maybe it was intended just a little. Our kids consume around 5% of their yearly candy consumption from their Halloween haul. Depending how long it takes for your kids to work through their stash, that may seem like a lot of candy in a short period. But when you think about the flip side, 95% of candy is consumed during other parts of the year. And research shows just this, that throughout the year, kids are snacking more and more regularly on, you guessed it, candy. In the long run, this is a much bigger problem that needs to be addressed. So if you're concerned about sugar and candy consumption, there's a whole lot of room in other parts of the year to work on teaching moderation around sweets that will have a much bigger impact. Now, research also shows that girls who are restricted with sweets eat more when they have the chance and grow up to be more overweight than girls who are given the opportunity to eat a moderate amount of sweets on a regular basis. Other research reports that babies are born with the ability to self-regulate their food intake, even with sweeter foods. Not that we're giving candy to babies, at least I hope not but the goal is then to help our babies, toddlers, and kids as they grow, keep that ability to self-regulate as they age. So we want to teach our kids how to listen to their body cues for fullness and hunger. If we're feeding our kids lots of healthy options throughout the day, week, and year, they will learn to eat sweets in moderation because they're tuned in rather than restricting themselves from guilt or fear of weight gain. As we all know, Diets and restrictions actually make us crave those off-limit foods even more. My two classes on raising healthy eaters, one for infants and toddlers, and another for preschool and beyond, are chock full of do's and don'ts for raising healthy eaters. But I'm going to share a few of those do's and don'ts here as they relate to this topic of helping kids learn to self-regulate. So first, do offer lots of healthy options all day long, including snack time. Fruits and vegetables should be a mainstay for every meal, especially snacks. If fruits and vegetables are the main part of snack time, then you can avoid falling into that trap of kids who don't want to eat their meals because they're holding out for those less nutritious, more processed snacks. Do not micromanage. This means saying one more bite of this and two more bites of that. Research shows that parental control of these feeding practices Tends to be associated with overeating and poor self regulation of food intake in preschool aged children. Teach your kids to eat when they're hungry and stop when they're full. So, this means no pushing for that last bite or to clean up their plate. Now, my kids have to ask to be excused from the table. So, on those nights when one of them doesn't eat very much, which doesn't happen very often, but I'll say, You didn't eat much. Are you sure you're full? And then I let their answer stand. If they say yes, they may be excused. They are in charge of their body. They know when they're full. Also, do not reward eating a good dinner with dessert. Actually, don't reward any behavior with dessert or treats. Research has shown that using food as a reward increases preschool-age children's preferences for those reward foods. And other research, actually done by the same group, has also demonstrated that this practice of rewarding for behavior or rewarding for eating their meal can actually result in children learning to dislike and avoid the healthier foods. So using dessert as a reward for eating a good dinner actually teaches kids that dinner is what you get through to get to the good stuff. Arm makes getting dressed easy. A R M O I R E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. Now teaching moderation and self-regulation is a process and Halloween can be a good opportunity to teach and practice these skills, how to listen to their body cues and then adhere to those messages. Just like with everything else in this parenting journey and process, one day our kids will leave home. So we want to take these opportunities that we have now to help them learn how to connect with their bodies. So here are some ideas for ways you can go about teaching and coaching kids through this crazy candy holiday. First, have a full healthy meal at home before going out. After trick or treating, have the kids pour out all the candy and look through for anything that's not properly wrapped or any candies you feel are not appropriate or safe, such as hard candies for younger kids. I choked on one of those round hard candies when I was five. I'm terrified to let my kids have those, even at five, five, and seven. Since they've had a full healthy dinner, they aren't starving when they go out, but they're very excited about their Halloween candy, so it's perfectly reasonable to let them go to town. Now, if you do have a child battling weight issues and you're working with a nutritionist or your pediatrician, then work with your professional and follow his or her advice on this, not mine. Hopefully, you have a really good specialist who's up on his or her latest research, but this is their area of expertise, so stick with how they're advising you to help your child through this holiday. But for anyone else, and this is most of the rest of us, allowing kids to have this one night to enjoy what they want is a great opportunity to teach self-regulation. Now, depending on the kid, he or she may eat a ton of candy, so be ready, but remind yourself that they are learning to tune into what their bodies are telling them. If they aren't afraid you're going to try to stop them, they will actually most likely eat less than they would if they're afraid you're going to step in and try and stop them at any moment. Now, after this first day, there are several options. One, you can let them keep their bag of candy, and when it's gone, it's gone. I know this sounds crazy. My parents actually did this with us when I was growing up. We all know kids are different in all areas, and this one is no different. I have one kid who could have access to sweets and candy all day long and would never overeat them. He will pick fruit over candy most of the time and will only eat a little bit of sweets before he says he's done. He'll eat half a cookie, he's done. He eats the icing off the cupcake, he's done. He doesn't want any more. The other two are a different story. When I was growing up, I was the kid who would eat a couple of pieces before even coming down to breakfast, and within a week, if not sooner, my candy was gone. My sister, on the other hand, would still have candy left over a month later, including the good stuff. Now, to me, the good stuff equals chocolate. Two to three months later, she still had some of that crappy candy left. To me, that's the licorice and hard candy stuff, some of the fruity stuff. The other option, rather than allowing them to have full access to their candy until it's gone, you can allow them to have one more session the next day where they're allowed to eat as much as they want. Either of these options gives kids another opportunity to learn and get in touch with their fullness cues. Now with this second method, you can expect that there will still be lots of excitement about the candy. But if they got the chance to eat as much as they wanted the night before, then their indulgence will be more controlled and they're likely to temper their candy intake and do an even better job of tuning into their body cues. These two approaches let our kids know that we have confidence in them to learn to tune into their body cues and self-regulate their own eating, even with sweets. We teach them that they don't have to be afraid of eating too much. They don't have to feel anxious around sweets or guilty every time they indulge a little bit. Now, if this second night of indulgence feels like too much and causes you too much anxiety, although I'd really encourage you to go back and visit that feeling and see where it's coming from. But if this causes too much anxiety, then you can move on to this next step or next option after the first night of binging which is systematically giving candy in moderation. Now this would be like a piece or two of candy in their lunchbox, maybe a few pieces after their school snack and before dinner, and or a moderate offering after dinner. Our goal is to neutralize sweets so that our kids learn that they're a part of life and how to enjoy them in moderation rather than feeling deprived or guilty around them and or overindulging Because of everything that sweets can represent, off limits, bad, or unhealthy. After a few days to a week, our kids' obsession over the Halloween candy will start to wane. Now, what happens after the first few days or a week, and you still have all this candy left? What do you do? First, resist the temptation to toss or hide the candy. This tends to make kids more obsessed with it. Where is it? When can I have a piece? Can I see it? How much do I have left? Programs that send leftover candy to our troops are great if your motivation is to teach your children about generosity and gratitude, but it will only work if your children are on board and genuinely want to share and understand the gesture. If they don't, they'll feel like they're being forced and coerced and that they aren't really in charge of this decision. This tends to have the exact opposite effect. Now they want candy even more, they want more control over it, and they will obsess more over it the next time. In the same vein, setting up a trade for their candy for something else like a special outing or a toy teaches kids that candy has power. Kids and adults alike seek out items with power. Think money. Money equals power. This strategy turns candy into money. Not only that, it doesn't teach kids anything about how to moderate their own candy intake. So here are a couple more don'ts, just in case you've heard of any of these tactics and are tempted to try them. Don't show your kids pictures of decayed teeth that have rotted from eating too much candy. Just like showing smokers pictures of cancerous filled lungs, these tactics don't do much to change behavior. Adults aren't even good at making the true connection of future suffering that will come from today's habits, so kids are even less able to make these connections. One day or even one week of a lot of candy eating won't make your kids' teeth fall out. It's that other 95% of candy consumption throughout the year that can cause a lot of damage. So just like I mentioned back in the beginning, concentrate on that moderation during that other 95%. Also, these types of tactics do a great job for helping increase guilt, which just backfires when it comes to learning how to self-regulate. Also, don't use Halloween as an opportunity to talk about nutrition. Kids already know the difference between candy and salad, so one more lecture on this really won't make a dent in their behavior. If you're interested in learning more about creating healthy eating habits all year long and raising healthy eaters, you can see either or both of the classes on this topic on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the Development and Health tab. Now, for next week's episode... The children's car seat laws are about to change here in California on January 1st. So I thought now would be a really good time to share current and new guidelines for car seat safety laws, proper car seat setup, common errors when strapping kids in that can be dangerous and even fatal, along with some tips on getting toddlers into the car seat when they just don't want to go. Now, while laws differ state by state and country by country, California has some of the strictest car seat safety laws in the United States. So this next episode is an important one that can save lives. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.